how many were here this Sunday that I taught just a few weeks ago? So about half of you. That's fine. I asked that because I talked about dreams, and that's basically what this class is going to be about. I may cover a few of the same things, because tonight is going to be an introduction, kind of an introduction foundation just to get us into where we're going. I do want it to be a format where if you have a question, uh, feel free to ask it. I want it to be just back and forth, and I may not have the answer that night, but if you let me know, I might have it, hopefully, maybe the next time we meet, but um, because these are going to be some, some things maybe you've not really dialogued on, talking about dreams and visions, or maybe you have, but I think the more we talk about it, it's really good for the body of Christ to talk about these things, so please feel free uh, to bring a question. And then um, we'll try to do this within an hour. I know we're running a little late, uh, and I apologize for that. But we'll try to hit the ground running every week. And then also we'll try to, especially as we get into it, we may not do it tonight, but we're going to leave some room for application of these things. Uh, if you have a dream that you've wondered about, and you say, well, I've wondered about this dream, bring it, and we'll look at it. And maybe not one that's five pages long, because <laughs> sometimes believers will have these, you're walking with the Lord and you get these big old dreams. Uh, what I've learned with some of those is sometimes you have to break them down. It's almost like a saga and you have to break the thing down to really look at it. But uh, feel free to bring those things or uh, like I said, I don't know if we'll have time tonight. But we want to be looking at those things and basically teaching and imparting and, and, and activating this in your life so you can get a hold of it. I don't know that you'll get all of it in these classes, uh, but maybe this can introduce you to it more and get you thinking about it. And I do think it'll open your eyes to some of it. I don't, I don't guarantee that you'll be a master dream interpreter in, at the end of this, but I do think it will make you more aware and I do think it's, like I said, the Sunday I preach, I think it is totally an area where the church needs to get it right now. And we've had forerunners that have, like John Paul Jackson stands out, but I think people are like James Gall. There have been several that are forerunners in talking about dreams and visions for years. And it's time for the church to grab a hold of these things. So let me start with a few scriptures. The basis for this whole thing is a prayer that I have prayed and continue to pray. It's Ephesians 1. Uh, it's about 18, but we'll pick it up. It's a prayer Paul prayed for the church, uh, the Ephesian church. It's in 16. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Actually, it starts in 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That's the kind of leader I want. It's making mention of me in his prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This is one of these sentences that just goes on and on. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. So highlight, or if you don't highlight, but... I actually don't highlight because I like to read things. Allison highlights and I'm not a highlighter. But Ephesians 1.18 is the verse out of that whole thing mainly that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And 17, that you would know the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We need to be walking in revelation, but we also need that wisdom and that knowledge 
of what is being, and, and I hope I'm not too loud. I'm a little soft-spoken when I speak. That's not too loud, is it? Allison will adjust it. I feel like I'm a little bit loud. Paying no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, notice, too, what is emphasized, and this is what I want to emphasize as we start this thing out, is the lordship of Jesus. We're to grow in our understanding of, of revelation. And in this process, we're to grow in our understanding of Jesus. In Revelation 19.10, and many of you know this scripture, but it says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Uh, if you read the whole thing there, it's then I fell down at his feet. He's talking about an angel to worship him. And he stopped me and said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant. And you and your brothers and sisters who have and uh, with you and your brothers and sisters who have and hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God alone for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In the Amplified it says his life and teaching are the heart of prophecy. Dreams and visions are forms of prophecy. If we're to be a prophesying church, naturally also we're to have dreams and visions. We're to be a prophetic people. I know y'all have heard that and heard that. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but we're to be a prophetic people. So naturally, there are going to be, like I spoke on that Sunday, there will be prophetic utterances. But there will also be visions where the Lord opens up your eyes to see things. See things. It may be on the inside, and we'll talk about that more in detail on visions. could be things that you see on the inside. It could be things that you see outwardly. But we're to be a people walking in revelation knowledge. And when we have that, it is a testimony of who Jesus is. All of these things are going to give glory to the Lord. They're going to point to the Lord. They're going to give glory to Him. I cannot emphasize that enough. And I'm saying that because I have observed over the last 20, 25 years, I've been around the prophetic movement. I, gosh, I say that and I feel like I'm, I'm old. I am old. But probably 20 years at least, I've been around the prophetic movement. And as I've been around it, it has really grown. Where years ago when it started, it was just, it seemed like it was kind of one stream. But now there's actually different streams in the prophetic. There are different people that call themselves prophetic that may give different words for the nation. And I'm not saying one is wrong or right, but there's just these different streams right now. But let me encourage you, the ones that are of the Lord, it's always going to be about Jesus. There's what I would say, there's a problem. Anytime you have a movement, you also get abuses. You have streams that flow out. And then people kind of abuse things. And the prophetic has been abused. At times it's even been to the place where it's sort of like, look at me and what I can do. And it's, it should be look at him and what he can do. But I'm telling you, if we're really going to be that people walking in these things, and it's really walking in the power of God, it's going to be about him. And like I said, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I feel like I, should, I need to say that. Um... If you look at Exodus 33, now when I spoke on that Sunday, what I said was, I quoted from Acts 2, and in that Peter is quoting Joel 2, and he's talking about, in this day, the Lord's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, and he goes through and he talks about prophecy, visions, and dreams are specifically, this is the day they all look like they're drunk. It's pretty amazing when your leader has to tell people we're not, we're not drunk. That's an outpouring. But what he quotes is Joel 2. And he's talking about how the Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out on everybody. The young, the old, the men, the women, and even the, even the lower class, the, the servants. Everybody. And then he's giving these different young men will have visions. Old men will dream dreams. And people have joked and said, well, the old men are dreaming dreams because they're taking afternoon naps. Well, whatever. But he's, he's saying that to cover everything. 
and the, the women, the men, everybody, it's a pouring out on all flesh. It's prophecy, it's dreams, it's visions. They're all right there together. And I'm going to tell you, in God's eyes, they're really all on an equal playing field. But we've not always given them that. And especially in the greater church at large, when you start talking about dreams, people will look at you sideways. I've experienced, I've experienced that even in the full gospel church. When Allison and I first got married, we went on a mission trip to Mexico. She was friends with another missionary that was down there that she had maybe even been a roommate with in, in uh, college. And so she was down in Manzanillo, Mexico. And we had only been married maybe a year or less. And uh, we went down there, and we thought we were just going to have it easy. We should have known better. When you have a missionary... Now, she was in an awesome location. Manzanillo is on the Pacific coast. It is where uh, we don't know about it, but a lot of Canadians go down there on vacation. And so it's right on the water and people surf. And they put us in a really nice home that we were staying in. But we told her, we said, well, we might want to try to get out on the beach some too. But we, we said, uh, if you want to line up things for us to do, we want to minister. Well, she did every day. The first night she picks us up at the airport. Because she had to drive four hours to get us. And we ministered in the church. She didn't even hardly know them. I don't know how she got us in there. And they're looking at me. I try to get through a message. And they're all just kind of looking at me. It's about a hundred Mexican people. And they have also a, a rehab facility. And they have people trying to come off drugs. And people... Uh, I had an experience probably with one of the most demonic field persons I've ever seen at, that, that was in their facility. They wanted me to pray with them and they just started kind of shutting down and you could tell they were just really needed a lot of work. It was more than I could do in a 30 minute prayer but we spent some time with the guy and prayed over him. But we ended up, we ministered in the church and like I said, a hundred people and they're just kind of looking at me and I'm ministering through an interpreter which I haven't done a lot of and that you kind of have to Paul, you know, you kind of have to get used to that. I'm kind of getting through this thing. And in the end, we start ministering prophetically to people. And they just light up. And all of a sudden, I've got a different group of people. Oh, you're just, you, you're showing up now. But where they were just kind of, I don't know where they were. <laughs> Maybe they were just trying to figure out who this white dude was. The pastor runs up about the third person. He said, that's exactly right. Everything you just said about him was anytime you want to come back to Guadalajara, you are welcome. In, I mean, the door just sprung wide open because we just started prophesying to him. And so we've learned how God, he can open the door in the church. Well, then on that trip, her friend, she has been working in an orphanage, but now she works out on the street and goes out and ministers to gang kids. This is a tough girl. Um, she is blue-eyed, very blonde-headed, naturally. Does not color her hair, just bright blonde hair. Walks around that city like she owns it at the time. I don't think she's there anymore. And we go out there late at night and minister to gang kids. 10 o'clock at night. She said, well, I go out at 10 and then I stay out. And she had a friend from the church who would go, a big Mexican brother would go down there with her. She wouldn't go by herself, but she would usually stay to 12 or 1. And so she said, it was Tom Owens' daughter. If you remember Tom Owens, he used to have the truck run over him and that kind of stuff back in the day. Yes, yeah. And so, fearless girl. And it was good for me because I, I, I wasn't real sure about going out at 10 o'clock at night. So there we are. I'm going somewhere with this, but we're sitting around, and she, she's got a guitar, and I brought some harmonicas, which seem to be really good diplomatic tools. Everybody likes, you can bring a harmonica anywhere in the world and start playing it, and, and they just think it's cool. She said, well, you can play a little while, and they'll gather around, and we'll tell them about Jesus, and, and, and we'll do our thing. And so I played for a little while, and it wasn't working. All the gang kids were kind of over there to themselves. They would look over at us, 
and then they would just do their thing. They had their Coronas in their bags, and they're just out doing their thing. And uh, about halfway into this, I told her, I said, uh, I've been studying on dream interpretation. Can I try this? I think this could, this was me stepping out in faith. Here I am, a land I'm not used to, definitely not used to ministering to gang kids. And the leader's over there. And once I, I figured out who he was because he started just glaring at me from time to time. Um, I said, let me try this. I, th I think, And I had to tell her about two or three times because the first time I brought it up, she just looked, gave me that look like dreams, seriously. Dreams, she did. Allison can tell you. But about the third time she knew, we were just sitting, we would talk to one or two at a time. We'd come over and kind of hang out with us, then they'd go back to their group. I'd come over and talk. Had one of them come over, he walked over, I'd been playing. He said, John Lennon. I said, okay, I don't think I sound or look anything like John Lennon, but that's your idea of, of Western music, English music. Um, so... Finally, we interpreted a dream. One of the young ladies, she went over. I said, tell him this. This young man's been studying dreams. Has anybody got a dream that they've been wondering about? We would like to try to help you and interpret it for you. So she did that. The young lady comes over. We interpreted her dream. And it was really good for me because I had just started on this, and it gave me even more time with the translator to think through what the dream was about. And... Uh, she lit up. She said, oh, wow. She brought another friend. By the end of the night, now the group that was over there is right all around us. Even the gang leader that's still giving me the stink eye is right in the middle of them. But, but they didn't want us to leave. We packed up maybe about 1 o'clock and headed out, and they did not want us to leave. We kept interpreting dreams. A lot of the dreams would be the same. That's one of the things you find out when you interpret dreams outside of the church you find out that a lot of times there are similarities in things. You, and you begin to pick up on what God is speaking even to a generation. And what I quickly learned too, in Mexico, you don't have to debate the existence of God. They all believe in God. They all believe in the supernatural. They don't believe it the way you do. They've been raised with Catholicism. They've been raised with even some mysticism. But they don't question God speaking to them and especially a dream they just it was wide open so we spent time especially with one and what I've learned too in those situations God may send you somewhere you may spend time with and this like that in churches Paul could tell you, you could spend time with 50 people and there might be one person there that you're really sent for that one person that young lady eventually came to the Lord and even ended up living with the missionary the one lady, we, we interpreted a dream, and then somebody else would come, and then she'd come back, and we'd interpret another dream. And what the Lord was showing me in her dreams, because one of her dreams, I remember, was about a big wave coming and crashing and, and bringing, wreaking havoc on this little town. What I began to see with her was she had a gift of intercession. She had this concern and this motherly kind of concern for friends and family and she was seeing where harm might come and uh, she's not even really walking with the Lord but God's already speaking things to her spirit God speaks we see that in scripture we see that as we study this where God will speak to a person that's not really walking right like a Pharaoh or somebody like that but he speaks to them in a dream what he's wanting to do so we've observed that and I said all that story to tell you how even the full gospel church as we know it still struggles with the idea of God speaking through dreams today. We've been dulled down by a lot of it has been psychology. Well, they say, well, that has to do with psychology. That has to do with what you ate. We've been dulled down by, they'll either throw it in that camp or they'll throw it into that. Well, that's new age. We're not, we're not new age. We're not into witchcraft. Well, where do you think the witchcraft people stole it from? They want the devil is, is, as my dad uses this expression, an ape of God. He just tries to mimic and do everything God does. 
So dreams, visions, those kinds of things, you'll see that in, in the psychic realm. And, you'll, and that'll come up if you go outside the church and interpret dreams and start prophesying to them. They'll say, what are you, a psychic? That's the only language they have for it. Because that world has stolen these things. And to the point of they're saying, we're the authority on these things. You're not church. That's where it's at right now. And we have got to come back and we need to be the authority. The Lord's given us the power. And the problem is, a lot of times what they're doing is they're just trying to, as you study this out, the people in the psychic realm, they don't get revelation from God. They get information from the enemy. There's a network, one-third fell, and it was a lot of them. And here's the deal that some people get hung up on, but I believe it's truth. It's what John Paul Jackson taught, but I believe he had revelation on this. You might say, well, are those people, do they really have a gift? Some of them do. But they're not using it right. That gift in Revelation, the way John Paul got it was it's almost like a satellite dish on, up here. And, you, and where, which way are you going to turn it? Are you going to turn it to the Lord? Or are you going to turn it to the enemy? And the people that are in that that really do have a gift, because his story on that was... He was ministering in California, and he happened to be on Venice Beach. And they have a lot of that out there. They have psychic fairs and psychics. And he was walking down Venice Beach, and the Lord started talking to him. And he's walking down, and the Lord said, real, fake, 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 real. <laughs> and that's what got his attention on it. We had a little experience with that in Hawaii that we didn't follow up on, but we were in a, uh, what was it, like a, a flea market fair, big fair they have on, was it Saturday or Sunday? It was Sunday in Honolulu at the Aloha Stadium. They open it up and they have a huge, all the way around it, or, or maybe not quite all the way, but they just have booths and it's like a flea market. And they have, you can buy a ukulele, you can buy all this just stuff. So we're walking through and there's a uh, window, of all people, Wyndham. And we had stayed in a Wyndham thing down in Florida, but it's Wyndham's got a booth set up. The Wyndham people that have hotels and condo, Wyndham. And there's two people, there's a man and a woman. And I'm, I'm, walk, I'm a little bit ahead of Allison, and I'm walking, and there's a guy standing there, and he's calling out where people are from. I'm walking, there's a lady by me, and he says, Tahiti, Alabama. And then he said something about, oh, y'all just won back because it was right after Alabama won last year. He said, oh, y'all just won. The, and I'm thinking I've got something on because sometimes I'll have a cap or I've taken my cap. I'm thinking, well, he, I just, I, and I just said, yeah, we won the, he said, unless you're from Auburn. He knew all about Alabama for some reason, but he said, Alabama. And I kept walking. And then after I'd gotten through about five booths, I looked down and I realized I don't have anything on about Alabama. He just read my mail from a Wyndham hotel booth. And I told Allison about it, and I said, we should go back. And by the time we got back, he was busy trying to sell somebody. But he's using his gift trying to sell condos. It was the wildest thing. I don't think a believer would do that. I was going to talk to him and just say, you definitely have a gift. How are you using it? What are you doing with that gift? It ought to be... It would be a lot more useful to mankind than to sell for financial. He's using it for financial gain. And the woman beside me probably was from Tahiti because she kind of had that look. But it was just the wildest thing. I wanted to go back and talk to him. And, and like I said, when we walked back through, he was busy trying to sell somebody something. Those people are out there. There is no way he could have known that I was from Alabama. I had nothing, uh, un, and I had not, he wasn't talking to me, because you can do that, and you start talking. you got to be from the South, you know. I hadn't said a word to that man. Those people are out there, and they do have a gift. The question is, who have they submitted to? Where are they receiving that from? And we need to pray for those people, because they can get saved, they can get turned on to the Lord. I've known of some of them that were in that, they're now walking with the Lord, 
And because they were already in the spirit realm at a level, they come to the Lord and they get saved and they lay that all down before the Lord. They're natural prophets. They're already, they have somewhat of an understanding of what their gift is, but they're, in, they're on the wrong team, you know. It's very interesting. And that leads me to my next statement. A foundational thing for this, and this is something that John Paul Jackson really talked a lot about, is character, godly character. We're not in this for monetary gain. And there is actually an issue with that in the church. I've known of people in the Birmingham area that had on their website, uh, how would they say it? Prophetic word or something like that. I'll give you that word. And then, but I need you to make a donation. Well, that's in the scripture. That's Balaam, prophet for hire. And he did hear from the Lord. But this thing, we've got to have godly character. And once again, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I feel like I need to say this as the foundation. I feel like I'm obligated the way I was trained to start this out. And this is not trying to disqualify anybody in this room. This is just to encourage you. And I, I, I pray for godly character all the time. Lord, help me to walk in the way, walk like you are, to be like you are. And just, you, you see it constantly in Scripture. And you do see it in people that are hearing. And we'll probably look at Daniel next week. But if Daniel was a guy, not only did he interpret dreams, he told you the dream you had and you didn't tell him. Whoa. That's a whole nother level. I've only known of about one or two people that, that walked in that. And Bob Jones was one of those people. People would call him and he would know when they called. Oh, I've been waiting for your phone call. Did you have this dream? Oh, yeah, I did have this dream. God would show him their dream. And then he would tell them what it meant. That's another level that we're supposed to walk in. I had a dream about him and I've had several but right after he passed, does anybody know who Bob Jones is? Some of you may. He was, it's not the same guy as the college. Bob Jones was a prophet seer. He passed away two or three years ago, he, about 84. But he was one of these guys that was part of a big move of God in Kansas City back in the 80s. He was from Arkansas. He was very country. He was very much, when I first saw him, also, I was used to preachers being the best dressed guy in the room, you know, the way I grew up. And here, I, here this guy comes to a conference and he looks like he should, he looks like the janitor. He just did not care about externals. So humble, talked like he came out of the backwoods of Arkansas. And you can look him up on YouTube if you look, punch in Bob Jones Prophet profound experiences with God and he was one of these people that really had been walking with the Lord so long he just understood that God spoke in this parabolic this, this symbolic realm of dreams and visions and he'd even get up and, and preach and talk so deeply into that sometimes he'd have to have people with him to help him break down what he's talking about because he just understood that realm and he used to come to our church every year and lay hands. And I hope I got some of that impartation. But um, just, just there, there's this realm in God. And, it, it's, and this is a, one of the things I wanted to say from Exodus. If you turn to Exodus earlier in Exodus 33. When Moses is on that mountain. Exodus 33:13, He asked God. He says, show me your glory. And we, see, we sing songs about that. And we want to see the glory of God. But he also says what? Show me your what? Your ways. In the Amplified, in 33.13. Now therefore I pray you, I have found favor in your sight. Let me know your ways so that I may know you. Becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. Recognizing and understanding your ways more clearly. And that I may find grace and favor in your sight. Let me know your ways. 
that I may know you. What I want to let you know is, this is one of God's ways. Dreams is one of God's ways. I grew up like a lot of y'all. I grew up in the church of God, and I had an understanding at an early age that God speaks through tongues interpretation. We knew that was one of God's ways. It is, absolutely. But we weren't always taught that also prophecy, dreams, visions, those are God's ways. That's how he speaks. He can speak to you in a dream just as powerfully as a tongue and interpretation. It's at the same level. I started years ago with this. I was young having dreams. Uh, I know maybe seven or eight, a little bit about my son's age, and he has a lot of dreams now, Cash does. I was having dreams, and fortunately, I was around people like my grandfather Lombard, John, who was actually a seer. He was an ordained Church of God pastor and had been all of his life, but he saw things in the Spirit. He didn't use the language we use. He didn't call himself a seer, but he was. Now that I look back and I have a little more understanding, I don't have all of it, but I have a little more. He talked about seeing angels and demons all the time. He would come visit us, and it was a custom for us boys. Eventually, my sister came later, but first it was just three boys, and we'd all gather around, and he would tell a story. And so some of those stories would be talking about Model T's and stuff like that growing up on the coast. But then some of the stories were spiritual things, talking about seeing angels and demons, seeing the Lord Jesus come to him. So I think back about that, and I use that sometimes to tell y'all, we need to do the same thing with our kids and grandchildren. We need to tell them about supernatural things. Because that planted a seed in me at a young age that I had no doubt that God spoke that way. Those, he wasn't even doing it on purpose. He was just being himself. And he was planting seeds in me. Yes, angels come. Yes, angels protect. He told stories about at some church, they got so mad at him in the community because he tried to a building program and the city didn't want to sell it, didn't want him to get the land. It was all a big thing. But somebody had hired a hitman and they were shooting. It's crazy what some of these church stories can become. But he was, he said, they were firing bullets at me. And he said, it was getting bad. And he said, the angels were showing up. And he said, the angels would bump into me, protecting us. Those are my grandfather's stories. <laughs> I grew up with those. Now, I will admit, at 8 and 9, and it probably goes back to 5 and 6 when I first remember those stories, it was hard to go to bed at night hearing stories about angels and demons, the demonic. Because when God opens up your eyes to see, you're going to see all of it. And there's a reason. It's not for you to be afraid, but he wants you to know the strategies of the enemy. And like I told a story about seeing a person... Uh, that Sunday, I didn't plan on going there because it's kind of, sometimes it can be a little over people's head or deep, but I was telling a story about uh, the Lord opened up my eyes to see somebody astral projecting. I've had that happen a few times. Well, nobody ever taught me anything about that in the church, but that happens. And that's what the enemy, that's one of their strategies. If you're in witchcraft, they teach you how to leave your body and you, and, and they're, they're mimicking something that believers can do, translation. God can take you, but it's up to him, and it's on his terms. But in the, in the, in the world of witchcraft, they, just, they learn how to do it anytime they want to. And it's very dangerous. But I've actually experienced that a few times where God would open up my eyes to people doing it. He wants our eyes open where we see that kind of thing. And we say, yep, I see you. <laughs> Because that's a part of their thing, too. They want to hide in the shadows. They don't want it to be known what they're doing. That's a big part of that world. Don't be afraid of that. I talk about that, and I can almost feel a little bit of fear rising up. We don't, we don't be afraid of those things. We have authority over it. I'm kind of hitting a lot of things, but I'm trying to talk about an introduction tonight. It's a deep area to talk about visions and dreams. 
And like I said, the foundation of this is the Lord Jesus' testimony. And we're to walk in godly character. And a scripture for that, my wife's raising her hand, but a scripture for that on godly character is all throughout your scripture. You could look at Psalm 24, going up the hill, the mountain of the Lord. But the one that I thought about was in the Beatitudes because I was just been studying it with Cash. Is Matthew 5 and 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage, godly character, for they will what? See God. If you're wanting to see, because that's what we're really talking about. If you're wanting to see, ask the Lord to help you. And I do. I say, Lord, help me to walk in purity of heart. Godly character. The pure in heart. Jesus said it. The pure in heart will see God. And when I think about my granddaddy, he was a pure hearted man. He was a simple, humble man. Very intelligent. I don't mean simple in the, in, in, but he just lived a simple life. But he had a pure heartedness about him. And God just showed himself. But that's a key if you're saying, well, I want to see more. Well, well, you can pray that you'll see, but also pray, Lord, I want to be that pure-hearted person. Yes, Mama Lombard. Okay. Well, we're kind of winding down. Uh, I think I'm hitting the foundation of what I want to talk about and also kind of wetting your appetite as to where we're going at the same trying to. But character, what did I say? Now my mind just which is the pure heart, and then the other thing is prophecy, revelation, visions, it's all going to point to Jesus. Even if I see the demonic, that's letting me know what they're doing, and I've got authority through Jesus over it. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Did anybody have a question, a thought? Anybody have a dream? Or if you want to do your question... In David's court, you had a prophet and a seer. And the prophets are more of an utterance. Some of you are going to naturally flow one way or the other. You're going to be more of an, and I know people like that, it's more of an utterance. And then some people, it's more of seeing. Now, seeing is bigger than just seeing. It's hearing, it's feeling be very emotional. I, I go to certain places and I can feel the spiritual atmosphere. Some places I have to get out of, withdraw from. There are certain Walmarts. I walk in and it just comes down on me like, what is going on in this store? I can just feel the spiritual atmosphere. And some of y'all are like that. You go some places, even churches, so you feel, you pick up on things in the spirit, you see, you hear, and actually it can affect all five senses. Bob Jones used to talk about God wants to make our five senses golden. And he'd talk about eyes to see, ears to hear. We feel the Holy Spirit. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I've tasted things before. I was praying one time and I started tasting chocolate. And I had not eaten anything. And the Lord said, that's me, that's comfort. That's my comfort. Taste and see and then smell. Some of you have smelled the fragrance of heaven sometimes in different places. You can smell what God's doing. You can smell what the enemy's doing. And it's awful if you smell that. But sometimes the Lord will open up that you will literally smell something that has to do with the enemy. But you're right. They had, David had prophets and seers. And uh, it was Nathan the prophet and Gad the seer. Uh, and there's a reason for that. And then... Uh, Samuel was called a seer, prophet. A lot of times it's interchangeable with seers. They're basically kind of both. And then with prophets, they're more just a prophet. They're a proclaimer. It's an utterance. Don't, hung, don't get hung up on what you are. Or we're to be a prophetic people. Very few of us will really be a prophet or seer. There's a lot of weight on that. And John Paul said he didn't like people calling him a prophet, and they did all the time. But he said, he said, from what I've seen coming, I'm nowhere near what's coming. And he told people not to call him that. Um, but 
like I said, there, there is kind of these two realms in that, prophet and seer. And I think the seer part is what the Lord is opening up that mystery to us more and more and more. A few, uh, I don't know if it was after Bob, we went to Bob Jones Memorial. It was actually a very difficult couple of years. Bob Jones died. He was up in age. But we went to his memorial. And then right after that, John Paul Jackson died. About almost a year later, and we went to that. And I can't remember when I had this dream. It might have been before Bob died. But I, and this is to show you how some dreams can actually be comical. I have this dream, and I see Bob Jones, and he's dressed up like a woman. And if you'd ever seen him or heard him, he is the last person you'd ever dress up. He's just this old country boy, this country guy. He's dressed up in like this nice evening gown. He's got high heels on. And that's the dream. And I kind of have a sense of what it means, but I tell my pastor about it at the time. And he said, that's that seer gift. A lot of times if you see a woman in, in scripture, a woman in, in dreams and visions, it can speak to the bride of Christ. It can speak to a church. And what I was seeing was that forerunner seer gift that was in Bob is supposed to be in the bride of Christ, supposed to be in the church. So he was kind of being shown to me as the bride. But it's supposed to be more than just one or two or a few. I believe he was a forerunner. And John Paul Jackson, a forerunner. And there's many others. Probably a lot we haven't ever, even ever heard of. But they were walking in that understanding. And so the Lord sort of set me on a path. And for a year or two after I had that dream, I would pray a lot and go to churches and say, and, and really encourage that their eyes would be opened. And uh, that's just kind of what the Lord's still doing with me, just to encourage that, to impart that. But did that make sense, that I'd see this prophetic seer guy dressed up in an evening? <laughs> that that's the Lord's wanting that multiplied in his bride. That was just a real quick little one image. Some of your dreams can be just one little image. Like I said, some of your dreams could be five or six pages it could be this I've had those I've had where it's like I'm in a movie and it's vivid and it's just scene changing and da 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 and I'm here and I'm there then God can speak through that but then it can be just that simple little thing if I think back on dreams over my life I remember at six or seven the earliest I can remember was a dream about this warfare between these now you got to think I'm a six seven year old boy this warfare between these wolf looking people and these birds from the sky that are on fire and I'm dreaming about this warfare it's spiritual warfare it's going on in my dream and that's another thing we'll talk about there are different categories of dreams so that's a spiritual warfare dream you have some dreams that are warning dreams that are intercession. You need to pray about this. You have some dreams that are destiny dreams. They speak of your calling and where you're going. Destiny, warfare, and warfare. And some of these can overlap, but the warfare can definitely overlap with warning and intercession. And then you have some dreams where, and some of you have had, how many of, had, how many of you have had this happen? You dreamt about somewhere and then you went there. They call it deja vu. But you dreamt that you were at a house or a church or something, and then you went there. You've had that happen, Drew? You'll have some of those, and that's a very prophetic, the Lord is letting you know. And usually you have one, you're going to have more. And you're going to learn how to kind of walk in that. But God is showing you something before you go. I had a dream years ago. I was running around in Nazi Germany. And I was fleeing with other Christians. And I was wearing what they wore. And I, I had this old bicycle. I don't know why I dreamt that. Although I think it can speak sort of the end times of what may happen again. But I, I was right there in Germany running around. And, but he can take you back. He can take you forward. <laughs> what would it be speaking, saying? Well, blue... I picked up on that immediately. Blue is revelation and anointing. And then a car can speak to our ministry in life, where we're going. 
a vehicle. If it's a bicycle, if it's a car, if it's a boat, the bigger the, bigger the vehicle, it, it's more people or a church or a move of God. You might dream of a ship or an airplane full of people. That's probably a move or a church. But if it's just you in a car, it's your ministry or it could be your sister, where she's going. It might be, it might be something to stir you up to pray for her where she's going, where God's taken her. Say, Lord, cover her, help her. Scientists say we all dream. We may dream five to six dreams a night. The question is, do we remember it? We don't remember it. Teresa's saying, I don't ever remember it. We can pray that you will. You know, we just say, Lord, help us to remember these things. You may be having some things and you don't remember it and you're coming up out of sleep. Definitely, I think it's warfare. There's a lot of warfare that happens and the Lord shows us things. And that's the proper response is to pray in tongues, pray in authority that there's something going on. And, uh, and that'll probably be one of our topics is how to deal with that kind of specific, that kind of falls in the category. What do you do in those situations? You're already handling it right. You just may not know everything that's going on. And that leads to another thing. As you walk in this, we're not always going to have it all figured out. I certainly don't. And, you know, Paul talked about seeing in a glass darkly. You're going to get some of it. I have dreams. And if you do have these, if you're like me, um, I, I have a dream journal now. And I, basically I just put it in the computer. But month to month, I put in dreams from January, dreams from February. Well, February might only have three in there that I remember. March may come along and I might have 15 because I'll have these times where it's just like, whoa, God, I cannot keep up. But you'll find that if you will write them down, you will actually remember things that maybe you didn't when you're putting it down. Oh, that was in it too. And just keeping up with it. And it'll help you to, sometimes writing through it too can help you to kind of see more of what it's actually saying. But we will pray as we end tonight that the Lord will help us to remember. Help us to remember these things. You're speaking to us, God. We want to get everything. We're not talking about these things to beat you over the head and say, you got to be dreaming. you got to be having visions. We're talking about it to say, this is one of the ways of God. And I want you to be getting everything from Him that you're supposed to be receiving. So we can bring glory to Him. So we can walk in who we're to be. And uh, it's pretty amazing We've learned time and time again how God speaks. Let me end with this scripture. I'm glad you said that because I read this scripture on that Sunday, but I think we need to read it again. Another thing that I wanted to say, dreams are one of the most ancient ways that God speaks to us. It's in the oldest book of the Bible, Job. And you talk about the Old Testament, it's all in the New Testament. If you look at the birth of Christ, it's unbelievable all the dreams around the birth of Jesus that start happening. Not only to Joseph, Mary, the Magi, it's just all over it, dreams. Look at Job 33. We were in, uh, what was it, Exodus 33. We're going to look at another 33. Uh, Job 33. We looked at this scripture the other day. 14, Job 33, 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. He may speak one way or that, and the person doesn't get it. So while they're sleeping, boom. Why does he do that? We have to get sleep. Our body has to sleep. Our mind has to sleep. You know if your mind's racing, you can't sleep. But what stays awake while you're sleeping? What never has to sleep? Your spirit does not have to sleep. Your spirit, as a believer, is in communion with the Holy Spirit. And God will just start speaking to you. It's hard for us sometimes to have compassion for somebody that has been involved in witchcraft and maybe even done some awful things. But it's really the Lord. It's not your own compassion. It's the Lord's compassion. 
And as you get out and you minister to these people, because I was already ministering to those people with Bill French in Birmingham. He had people coming out of the woods, I mean, doing just awful things, looking for him. I've thought about him recently. I said, God, I want to get to the day where people are seeking me out for freedom. That's that man's legacy. People were showing up. He, you know, we talk about going out. He didn't have to go out. He was an old man, and they were coming to find him. It was unreal. I've been blessed to be a part and witness these things. But that's where I want to get to, where people just search me out. And, uh, but she's right. When you learn about this and you actually go out, and I've gone out to one psychic fair and done ministry, and it's pretty mind-blowing how many people that say they're Christians are going to those things. We ministered to them, and, and uh, we were doing that, and then this one of the psychics was coming over, and that kind of that, I was up in Colorado doing this, so that kind of that Alabama redneck in me is thinking, what's she walking over here? We're minute, we're, this is our little tent. What's she coming? Well, I found out later, she was so impressed with us, she wanted to get a word too. So that's where it goes. Put your on your head and your heart, a hand on your head and your heart. Father, help us that we really would see and understand. Lord, help us to dream and have God dreams and to remember these things. Lord, it's a way that you communicate to your people. You love us, and I know you want to speak to our hearts. And I pray that you'd awaken and stir that in us, that we would see, that we would hear, that we would know. I can just feel that tonight. There's a peace tonight to receive that. Lord, help us that we could rest in you. Maybe some of you even have trouble sleeping. I pray that we could sleep and get a full night's rest. And Lord, that, that our, our hearts would be awake and that we would be attentive and listen to whatever you want to speak, deposit to us. In Jesus' name, amen.